Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed, and this particular episode of the Four Center Podcast Feed is the Clone Wars Report. <laughs> I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and the person making wonderful, uh, exciting uh, space saga rock music with his mouth is Ken Nabsock. Little space saga rock indeed. Tried to do a little detective noir, failed on that, but I'll take the opera. I just really, really liked that. It was it was clearly some just great, sweet drums, and then somehow the drums had like a guitar whammy bar attached to them. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's, a, it's an electric light orchestra indeed. <laughs> a nice bending of the notes. Uh, bending of the notes is maybe a good way to describe this arc that we're going to discuss. Uh, we love talking Clone Wars and we discuss uh, each episode or arc. This week we are talking about the four episode arc that we're calling Deception of Kenobi. The episodes in this arc include season four, episode 15, Deception, written by Brent Friedman and directed by Kyle Dunleavy. Season four, episode 16, Friends and Enemies. Again, written by Brent Freeman and directed by Bosco Nog. Uh, season 4, Episode 15, The Box, written by Brent Friedman and directed by Brian Kalen O'Connell. Uh, season 4, Episode 15, Crisis on Naboo, written by Brent Friedman and directed by Danny Keller. Uh, Ken, you often point out music connections. Mm-hmm. And just reading these Clone Wars titles, I kind of feel like this is a list of songs from an EP, right? It really does sound like that, especially like the box sounds like some kind of 1960s garage rock sound. Like you're stuck in the box. (laughs) That's all. It's all a little prog rock with Crisis on Naboo. Good stuff. Yeah. Friends and enemies, Sith and lovers. Yeah, just it all sounds like great songs. Crisis on Naboo. That's like an epic storytelling song for sure, right? Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Legend lives on from the Naboo hills on down. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you, listeners, for indulging us in that musical diversion. We're going to get back into the arc. Uh, here is the summary of this rather complex arc. It is a scheme of many faces. Dooku hires bounty hunter and criminal mastermind Moralo Eval to craft a complex plot to kidnap Chancellor Palpatine, thus pressuring the Republic to free Separatist prisoners. But... Perhaps unknown to Dooku, the whole plot seems to be a plan by Darth Sidious to test if Anakin Skywalker is ready to fall and become his apprentice. We will discuss that more. Rumors of the kidnapping plot reach the Jedi Council. Obi-Wan Kenobi is assigned to get information by faking his own death. Kenobi makes the controversial decision to keep Anakin out of the loop, believing Anakin's shock and grief is needed to make the ruse believable. After allowing himself to be shot and using painful face and voice-changing technology, Obi-Wan masquerades as the bounty hunter Rako or Rako Hardeen. He trades on his reputation as the Jedi who killed Kenobi to ingratiate himself with the captive Moralo Eval. Kenobi discovers Eval has hired the deadly blaster slinger Cad Bane to burst him out of Republic lockup. After a brief prison fight with Boba Fett and Bosk, and the sad loss of clone guard lives, Kenobi escapes with Bane and Eval. Together, they venture to Nal Hutta to acquire weapons and a ship. Kenobi and Bane continually screw one another over as they vie for Raul Eval's credits and confidence. News of Reiko Hardin's escape uh, in Kenobi's alleged killer uh, reaches Anakin and Ahsoka. Palpatine encourages Anakin to follow his emotions, so he races to Nal Hutta and attacks the hunters. In a fit of irony, Anakin almost kills Obi-Wan to get justice for the murder of Obi-Wan. But the disguised Kenobi manages to pin Anakin, whispering to let him go and knocking Anakin out. Yuval and his crew arrive on Sereno to meet with the scheme's true mastermind, Count Dooku. Bane and Kenobi, along with the rest of the galaxy's top bounty hunters, which, in a sick burn, does not include Bosk or Dengar, fight through the box. This is a large escape room of death designed by Moralo Eval to simulate the challenges of the kidnapping plot. As Hardeen, Kenobi risks exposure to save others in the box. Ultimately, he challenges Moralo Eval and savagely beats him down. Dooku demotes Moralo and places Bane in charge of the mission. Meanwhile, Yoda breaks and tells Anakin the truth. 
the Jedi, Kenobi, and the Hunters all converge on Naboo as they celebrate the Festival of Light, a celebration of Naboo's entry into the Republic some 800 years ago. A complex exchange of fake holographic identities, hidden comics, and Jedi heroics leads uh, Kenobi and Mace Windu to save the Chancellor and arrest Eval and Bane. Unfortunately, Dooku has apparently fled. Anakin confronts Obi-Wan furious at being lied to, but the deceptions are not over yet. As Anakin bonds more with Palpatine, Dooku lies in wait. The Count and Anakin duel viciously. Palpatine smiles as he witnesses Anakin's fury and how close he comes to killing Dooku. But Obi-Wan has realized he was manipulated. He arrives in time to save Anakin and free the Chancellor. Palpatine coos. One shudders to think where the galaxy would be without the Jedi. And for now, it is all over but the shuddering. So that is the review of what I think is going on in these four episodes. <laughs> Let's get into what you think, Ken. No, that's uh, that's a great job, especially when when you talk about Bosca Boba Fett. It really becomes like this all star game of uh, uh, players we know, and and these. Oh, I, I feel like Boba Fett and Bosca are in their own story, and they're just passing through. It really is. This feels like some like yeah, Rashomon kind of, uh, you know, story where we're going to see mm-hmm. Boskin Boba Fett's part of this adventure in prison at some point. Yeah. 22 stories of uh, Clone Wars era prisons. <laughs> yes. Going good. Yeah. So I, I made a bold proclamation of opinion at the beginning mm-hmm. of the summary, but I want to run it by you. What do you feel like is the ultimate goal of this plan? Because we have some episodes of the Clone Wars where we, we really see Sidious and, and, and Dooku as Darth Tyrannus working together. And exactly what their, their goal is, is sometimes explicit. In yeah. this one, we have what Dooku says to the assembled bounty hunters that they want to leverage a kidnapped chancellor uh, in order to free separatist prisoners. But then at the end, we really do have what seems to be like Palpatine going, this is a great dry run. <laughs> yeah, to see if Anakin's ready to uh, if he's pissed off enough to break from the Jedi and if he's skilled enough to take down Dooku. I'm right there with you. I, you know, dry run, uh, run and plays and practice to see what works. And if and if it works, bonus, right? If, if, yeah. if he's kidnapped and it all comes together. My my obsession with Palpatine's plans always hinges around this idea of just like, you know, how much does he know? How much does he anticipate? And how much is he like, well, that's a fun little wrinkle that just popped in. I, I didn't expect Kenobi to be change his face. <laughs> Great. And I just think he works all of it to his advantage and everything about him, the way he's just, just needling him. I don't think he expects Anakin to break, but man, it'd be great if he does. And dry run is a great way to uh, look at this. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like Palpatine absolutely does know that the Jedi are breaking, right? That they are starting to cross lines that they probably wouldn't before. Mm-hmm. And if he, you know, I think to the Jedi, he knows that they aren't really seeing him as they are seeing him as an individual, but they, they have such respect for the office. They have such a respect for the chancellor as a symbol of the Republic, as a symbol of the thing that they will do anything to protect. It feels like he knows like, hey, if I keep putting myself in mortal danger, they're going to keep crossing their own lines in their desperation to preserve, you know, me, to preserve the Republic uh, via me as a symbol of it. So Mm -hmm. that's great. Just let them uh, get into chaos. And then Anakin really gets pulled into it. And he's like, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, push that button, push this button, push that button. This is perfect. Uh, And by the end, it really feels like the, you know, the last couple steps are just like, yeah, no, let me, um, 
let me, I think this uh, analogy keeps coming to me because it is the holiday season uh, and many people do make turkeys. I feel like he is checking the, the meat thermometer <laughs> in Anakin <laughs> to see if his Sith turkey is done. Uh, Anakin, you never tasted so good, my friend. Yeah, so juicy. There's so many parts uh, parts in this, uh, and it's animated, of course, as we know. But you you can just see Palpatine smile uh, as as portrayed by Ian McDiarmid, even on the animation here. It's just such. I love those moments where he's just kind of like. <laughs> it's so good, and there's some lines that are very very non subtle, but it's if you know what the audience knows, uh, which we do because we're the audience, uh, but it's really, really uh, just delicious, evilly delicious. Uh, All right. So I wanted to make sure that I was not uh, foisting an interpretation on you that you did not agree with. Uh, And maybe some other listeners have a different interpretation since it's not explicit in the episode, but uh, that's what, what we're running with. No, I'm there with you. Well, then let's dive into our overall reaction about the arc itself. Do you love this one? Like it? Struggle? Was it uh, different this viewing than other viewings? Where are you at? Uh, Different than the other viewings, uh, but it was always in in a relatively good spot. I always kind of refer to this as the Jedi gone done messed up arc. Um, (laughs) It's not always fair to the Jedi. We're, you know, we're we're here for the justice for the Jedi, but and we can talk about that and, and, um, context and and uh, uh, you know the intentions and and how that uh, you might find yourself in a position where you're going to take a step forward uh, even with some risks and you know opens up a lot of things but uh looking back um i've always loved this arc always been you know down for what's in the episodes but i i i think back then meaning when the episodes aired um the transformation of kenobi even the the weird kind of the costumes, the, the you know the disguises later on that are digital, but nah, I, why do they keep cracking? I know we need to see who. Um, <laughs> I definitely got. I, I will admit I got hung up on that in the past. So this was one of those arcs. I just I don't know. I'm not. I, I, I like what's there, but I, I don't need to watch it over and over. None of that matters to me now. It's so funny to go back, um, and not for any grand reason. I've, I know I talk about growing as a Star Wars fan, and we all want to do that. I just, I just look back and go, yeah, it's, it's space disguises. What, what do you want? <laughs> like, what do you want? And, and there's so many wonderful things in this arc um, that uh, I'm, I'm concentrating on those. Yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat. I think I was mildly distracted by the technology. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, but I think I was even more, as I've mentioned a couple times here in season four, my first viewing, I was enjoying all these episodes. I was kind of shocked by how dark they are. Season four has got a lot of darkness in it. It's where the, the war is really turning uh, and breaking everybody. But I was also just watching like, so I know Maul comes back. <laughs> when, when, when? <laughs> so I was so speed watching uh, these episodes. And I enjoyed them. And I always, the box, I always remember really viscerally. But I think I was also just like, I was a little like, oh, disturbed by a totally bald-faced Kenobi. Yes. <laughs> by the, you know, it is Kenobi, but it's not his face. And I think I got a little distracted, even though I enjoyed them. And this time watching it through, it was just like, this is such an amazing arc because it's such a significant Obi-Wan Kenobi arc. O- Obi-Wan hasn't been as present in season four. And like, I, I kind of love that this is his arc and we're spending so much time with him. Most of the time he has a weird face, but it's so much Obi-Wan time, so much Obi-Wan perspective. And then much like a lot of Obi-Wan's life at the end, you kind of realize a lot of it's about a Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. So I and I really love that it, it ultimately, like we talked about, it feels a little bit like uh, Revenge of the Sith dry run mm-hmm. um, in terms of all the the genre elements that the Clone Wars uh, pulls from. This this feels like it has a lot of noir stuff. Um, 
It's a lot of uh, great noir stories with with literal, you know, face changes. Uh, Dark Passage comes to mind in particular. Uh, but just that general noir vibe, there's a lot of shadows. There's a lot of not ever knowing who anyone really is, either literally because they're disguised or because you don't know who you can trust. There's such that great uh, sense of just, uh, the galaxy's kind of awful and rough, and can you mm. trust anyone ever? Can you trust your own face? That yeah. noir feeling to this is so great. Mm, totally works. Absolutely works. Yeah. And, and then as you mentioned this arc is notable to me because it's just like, it, it's a tour of the era, right? From from Boba Fett to C.O. Bibble. Like, yeah. you just encounter all these characters, all these cameos, right? You got Cy Snoodles wandering around drunk, just like... Yes. It, it just it touches and then Cad Bane's a huge part of it and it just yeah. it, it there's so much going on. You got Biff, you got uh, it's pulling from all parts of the story, all parts of the, the galaxy indeed. Yeah. Uh, and I love the yeah, especially when the seal the seal bibble one of just like ah, they just are it's full prequel, full prequel. In an era, uh, you know, where we, the, it was that was a that was a brave decision. This whole series was a brave decision to just go, no, 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 we're not leaving this era. We know there was some public uh discourse about how much it was bad. Nope, nope, nope. We're sitting and this one was like that guy, the communication disruption guy, bringing them all here. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was around this time of viewing where I was really enjoying the Clone Wars. And was like, this is amazing. There's amazing stuff in here that I was like, you know what? I love the damn prequels. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Not just the era, but the actual films. This is great. Um, final thought for me, big picture wise, is uh, this is a great arc if you like hearing people say the name Moralo Evol, which... <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting down to watch all four in a row not only does Moralo Evol call himself Moralo Evol but everybody says his whole name a lot <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't trip off the tongue does it it does not it does not even when I, in fact, I misspelled it about 10 times during my notes. <laughs> Understandably so. Well, let's dive into the morals of these episodes. Four episodes. we got four morals here. It, look, at, I, I screwed up the word saying morals uh, because I thought I was trying to say Moralo again. Here are the morals. All war- warfare is based on deception. Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. The strong survive. The noble overcome. Trust is the greatest of gifts, but it must be earned. Uh, do any of those really grab you, uh, make you think of your days coaching baseball? Where, where are you at? A lot of them do. Um, um, two of them jump out more than the others. And, and, and all wars based on deception is just, uh, it's like, okay, I, c- I can accept this as this, this truth, but let, let's, you know, Star Wars does ask us, uh, um, you know, does ask us to, uh, you know, ask why you take an action. This episode does as well. So I was like, that's an interesting starting point with these episodes. And then I love the strong survive, the noble overcome, and this comment on true solutions uh, and, and, and life. And not just not true victory, but true solutions, true true problem solving uh, <laughs> is what I attach that one to. More on all that later. But the, the all wars based on deception. Uh, I saw it, I saw it in two different ways as we talk about uh, what's going on in these episodes in a moment here. But it's this idea of even the honorable can sacrifice parts of their character in an effort to, to, to win, which and, and that win might be something you need for the state of the galaxy. But you're kind of deceiving yourself maybe at times. It's, it's a what's the cost type of thing. It, it's, it's layered and complicated for sure. But Anakin at one point just straight up lies to himself about logic to accept his path of vengeance. Yeah. So he's at war. He's a constant war, and it's based on a deception, and the deception is uh, something he's uh, doing to himself. Uh, it's fascinating. To yeah, and such a great uh, setup of the 
I think, a, a less discussed thing in his uh, immediate turn to Vader in Revenge of the Sith, where, you know, Palpatine puts out like, well, you know, the Jedi, they're going to kill all the senators. And Anakin's like, I agree. And like, come on, Anakin, you yeah. you are lying to yourself to justify what you're doing, yeah. you know? Uh, so I love that comparison. Yeah, I think trust is the greatest of gifts, but it must be earned. That's great because it's, it's so central to this whole arc. Uh, yeah. The strong survive, the noble overcome. Yeah, that that's you really got some great uh, Jedi spirit, some Padme and Leia spirit of like looking at the big picture and, you know, staying alive to to keep your eye on the actual big picture goal. Uh, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. I don't know if that ever helps in baseball coaching. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Uh, but for me, the big one is all warfare, all warfare is based on deception. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I, I think that's kind of what's at stake for the Jedi with this battle of, you know, we, we see in this episode, um, this arc that Yoda is really feeling the, the like, oh, man, we, we are making a lot of choices where we're just kind of wading into the darkness. Uh, and to think that the Jedi, uh, in, in my interpretation, my opinion, their philosophy is always to be as straightforward as possible, right? That's yeah. where, like, you know, Filoni tells that great story of his interview to get this job with George Lucas and Lucas telling him how a Jedi would negotiate. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Lucas saying, like, a Jedi would put their lightsaber on the table and go, here's the deal. I have power. Here's where, where I'll use it. Here's where I won't. Here's what I would what I'm asking of you, you know, they want to do that Jedi process that we, we talk about and joke about of like, Hey, you're doing something that I think is, is hurting somebody else. And I need you to stop. And I'd love to talk to you about it. And, but if you attack me, I'll, I'll take an arm. (laughs) And if you don't stop, like, that's what, you know, they want everything to be like a noble duel between gentle people. Right. Yeah. So to wade into a a war, that's all about like, Mm -hmm you know, uh, secrets and espionage and even like battle tactics. Can we sneak around and flank you from behind? Like it, everything about the nature of this is not staying in the light and showing somebody else all your cards. Right. Yeah. Slippery slope and they're on it and uh, the, the, their shoes are wet. <laughs> that sounds like football. It's the third quarter. Both all feet are wet on the slippery slope of the game. The Jedi feet are wet. That is a great summation uh, of this arc. Should we move on to the uh, the big themes, the big ideas at stake in these episodes? Yeah, I love it. Love it. Let's dive on in. Yeah, so uh, so for you, what are some of the core ideas uh, at stake? Uh, there's this idea of uh, going back to some of that, that moral I was uh, gravitating uh, to is just what do we tell ourselves on this path to, to victory? I use the term victory and I'm, I'm not seeing things just in terms of wins and losses, but this is a war. You, 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 you want to, do things that would end the war that might be considered victory. Um, anyways, uh, going back to what you're saying about the Jedi uh, and just even how this, it starts for me where, where Obi-Wan separates from himself for the mission, literally physically mm. is, is, is no longer there, fakes his death, uh, which is a great action, action sequence and is, is literally no longer himself in this thing. It's him. Of course I know, but it, the visual representation of it is, is that's not Obi-Wan and everything he's doing might be for the greater good question mark question mark but <laughs> it, it is it is not him really necessarily every the actions everything that they're taking uh and then this idea of duty above all else comes out of that which is uh good and bad right because i think we all would go to kenobi on tatooine uh i always love reading those summaries uh, by Kristen baver she even mentioned that too as well like that's that's kenobi when you think of kenobi he's gonna put duty first and in this case that's good, but it's also a little bad because he put duty in front of his connection uh, uh, to to Anakin and Anakin's trust. 
Um, and so that slippery slope, shoes or what? And then all of this is to save Palpatine, by the way. <laughs> we know the ending of that. They don't know that. So that's uh, that's a big starting point for me. There's also some sub stuff, especially in the first episode of confusing weakness uh, for and caution, action versus inaction. Pretty big theme there as well, whether it's just Anakin has a, has a view he thinks he thinks a lot of what's going on is weak, man. You got to take action, and that's not necessarily a bad thought sometimes. But you know, the whole patience lesson pops up. Right, that is that is a grid thread that is picked up on in this episode uh, or in these arc this arc of uh, of Anakin, like his conversation with Tarkin of like the Jedi don't go far enough. We we mm-hmm. sit and we contemplate and we poke around, but we don't just go directly at the problem and <laughs> yeah. cut it in two. Uh, and Palpatine's like, good instincts, follow that, yeah. It's really great. Uh, yeah, I think for me that that theme that you're bringing up of unquestioning commitment is so great because you can see the positive of it. And yeah. then you can see uh, the danger of not questioning your actions enough, which is, you know, yeah. the story of the Jedi in this era. And I think particularly the story of Kenobi in this arc, right, that it's great that Kenobi is selfless and he does what he needs to do. This is why uh, I sometimes talk about Kenobi not as the best Jedi, but as almost like the um, the platonic ideal of Jedi, of like uh, the one who who is the, the day job Jedi of like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is my thing. This is what mm-hmm. I do, and and I am committed to the life of it. Um, because this is I love that we get to see in the uh, opening announcement. They, we don't hear the dialogue, but we see the council meeting where this is being discussed. Yeah. And Obi-Wan realizes he needs to do this. And he looks slumped. He looks like somebody, you know, uh, just told him that a friend died, you know? <laughs> uh, you're, you're so right. Often they, they sneak in. I, first time around watching the series, I, I didn't really pay attention to the intros more than I'm sitting down with my microwave burrito ready to watch the show, right? There's so much in them, including that kind of footage. That was a big reveal. He is He's crestfallen. Yeah, he doesn't want to do this, but he knows it's his duty, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's great because he is he's willing to be extremely selfless. That is his job. That is his commitment to being a Jedi. Uh, I, he has the most serious mind, even though he's very playful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that he's willing to um, sacrifice all of this of himself, uh, but then he he does it at Anakin's expense, right? Yeah. Um, because he thinks he is he's on the right course of the the larger goal. I think it's really important that he expresses for Obi-Wan, it is about Palpatine as a symbol of the Republic, and that's what the Jedi do. They uh, defend uh, the Republic. But he expresses early on, well, yeah, we got to save Palpatine, but this could lead us to finding and capturing Dooku and Grievous. So his mind is, the stakes in Obi-Wan's mind are, if we could find them, capture them, we could end the war, right? So he's making these sacrifices uh, for this big picture, uh, really assuming that his uh, friend Anakin, that he has trained, is ready to make those same kinds of sacrifices. When I think in, in Obi-Wan's heart, he he knows Anakin is not, not there yes. yet, you know? Yeah, I think they all would know that there. And look, I, I understand. We all have that friend in the office. Like if there's a surprise party on Friday, you don't tell Greg because Greg's going to blow it. I get that. I get that. And I, even the stuff in The Last Jedi with uh, uh, Poe uh, and Holdo and, you know, sometimes, you know, you're going to make those tough decisions to withhold some information in leadership positions. I, I really do believe in that. Um, but you have to weigh all that stuff and, and how it goes 
horribly wrong and how they're all like, ooh, especially Yoda, like time for the truth to be revealed. Uh-oh, we've done something wrong. That's, yeah. That's part of the lesson here. Yeah, I think it's a huge part of the lesson. And I love that not only do we see Obi-Wan go through this like physical transformation, go for go through the personal pain of of knowing that he is risking hurting Anakin, knowing that mm-hmm. knowing what he puts uh, weeping Satine through at his funeral, you oh, know, yeah. like he, this is hurting Obi-Wan, but he's just like he, he's smiling and joking and he's going to get it done. I love that it gets that moment where he says, no matter uh, what reports you hear, do not contact me or send help. Like he's really like. I will sacrifice myself. I will get this done. He risks uh, exposing him himself as a, as Kenobi in the box, you know, to try to get as many people through as, as possible. And, you know, he, he justifies it to Anakin ultimately with this. Uh, I know I did some questionable things, but I did what I had to do. I hope you can understand that, which is just sort of like a, a key phrase for the whole thing. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I love how Obi-Wan's, you know, selfless commitment in kind of unquestioning commitment then is, is reflected in the Jedi overall. And we know this about Mace and Yoda, but this arc is really good for Mace. Mace is the one who's usually willing to just go take action. Right. And he's unwavering of like, we've looked at it. We've talked about it. The, this was, we got to do this. And there's that moment where Kenobi says to Mace, I hope this was all worth it. And Mace Windu says, we saved the chancellor. That's the important thing. Mm. And that there, that's where we're really getting into the, is it, is it really the most important thing or should you be questioning, you know, what you're willing to sacrifice uh, for this? Like the, the Jedi are about questioning things. And then this episode is, is great to see that Yoda is right. Uh, yeah. The three Yoda quotes I wrote down is heading down a dark path. Are we? <laughs> yep. Uh, and then it, great fed up Yoda warned them both overdo the truth is and just straight up saying to Anakin wrong to deceive you it was it's yeah. so great to see Yoda being the one who's like yeah I mean all the arguments are solid that we need to do this deceptive dangerous thing but uh, I'm not uh, my heart is not in it you know mm, not right well yeah there's a great you talk about the May stuff there's a great moment where Palpatine kind of threw the Jedi quote protecting him versus solving the issue at Mace and and how it's kind of this perversion of, of some of the stuff we're talking about where you know, the strong survive and, and the noble uh you know actually overcome it's like Palpatine's kind of throwing the reverse at the Jedi of of uh well you, you know you're not really solving anything here we're not winning the war putting pressure <laughs> on it from the outside just kind of dr- putting his Sith his Sith energy droplets into the mix yeah yeah and reminding Mace that he's getting too rigid right which yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mace doesn't quite hear. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about this just kind of big explicit idea of trust, right? Um, yeah. Do you, did you, how, how were you affected by the conversation of trust? Um, how, how withholding trust can, can absolutely have consequences, unintended consequences, maybe at best. Um, this idea of, cause the moral is, uh, you know, the trust is the greatest gifts, but it must be earned. That's a pretty, you know, got it. That's pretty straightforward, but I, I just saw it kind of, uh, uh, play out a little differently with, with Anakin where he, he now, now has no trust for the system and he shouldn't, they didn't earn his trust. And it yeah. is, uh, it's a kind of this reversal. You, you hear that, you read that moral, if I was just put it on a piece of paper, it'd be like, well, of course, trust is great. Uh, you better earn my trust. It's the other way around. And Anakin's the one saying it. And just you talk about dry run. There's actually like, you know, Rocco Hardeen, um, uh, and, and Anakin are actually fighting. 
And I'm like, that's a dry run for Mustafar. <laughs> like this whole episode is the whole arc is playing out it playing. Everything's going to almost going to play out as is later on. And a lot of it's just this destroyed trust. And there's some powerful lines from Anakin towards the end. Uh, how many other lies has been told by the council? How do you even know what the, uh, you know, that you have the whole truth to, to uh, Obi-Wan and so now that means you can't tell him anything. You can't tell him anything. And what's going to come? The, the fall is so much easier. This is the victory of Palpatine. He's just chipped away at that foundation. It didn't fall, but he chipped away so much that it's ready to fall. And, and that comes out of this trust idea. Yeah, this this violation of Anakin's trust leads so much to, to seeing how broken and vulnerable he is in Revenge of the Sith when he feels like mm-hmm. he can't trust uh, the council. He can't quite trust the Kenobi. And they are being hypocrites, right? They've raised him yeah. saying, you know, like, look, wait, you, you got to know all your emotions. We can read your emotions. You, you lay yourself bare and, and be open and honest with everyone all the time. That's what the Jedi are about, except for now. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can totally see a, a young, a young, angry person being really feeling really uh, horrible about this. You know, yeah. um, a couple of re- ways that I see trust in this episode, you know, it's not just that Kenobi keeps it from Anakin. Right. It's mm-hmm. that crafty Kenobi explicitly says that he uses his closeness to Anakin to sell the plan that mm. it isn't just an omission because he isn't sure if he can trust Anakin. He's using Anakin. Right. Yeah. And there has to be such an assumption on Kenobi's part that Anakin is ready to be just as selfless of a Jedi as, as I am. Because if Anakin did this to me, I'd I'd grouse and I'd tease him, but I'd realize uh, I am in service of the bigger picture, you know? Yeah. But that's not at all the way Anakin perceives it. He he needs family. He needs closeness. And the, one of the people he's closest to has absolutely violated his trust and pushed on his rawest nerve of losing people, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, the, you cannot deny your feelings, Anakin. They are what makes you special, says Palpy. Yeah, uh, that's a real strong play on a play on his emotions. Yeah, it, it, and then uh, you know, yeah, Palpatine it, the, continues that quote by saying, "If you can stop this plot against me, I trust you." Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you can really see how the the Jedi and Kenobi are feeling dishonest, and and Palpatine is feeling more honest. Uh, Yoda, yeah. it, to to his credit, I think uh, tries to be a little bit more honest with Anakin, and has that great scene where he's like. Yeah, uh, Obi-Wan thought your grief would, the the plot would not work if, if people didn't believe that you as his best friend were upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Yoda says, but for my money, Anakin, <laughs> yeah. uh, we can't trust you. Um, he's got that great line, Skywalker, a powerful Jedi you are, yet unpredictable and dangerous you can be to both your friends and enemies. So like Yoda's handing him some truth. And like from that Yoda perspective, Anakin does maybe need to work a little bit harder to earn the Jedi's trust, but yeah. then his, but Anakin's trust is being broken too. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, it's, it's, it's a circle of uh, broken trust, I guess, but uh, <laughs> if, if a Anakin, broken circle. Yeah. If Anakin was just a little bit more mature, a little bit more down the path and a little less Anakin, this might've been an okay plan. But again, I don't, I'm look, you talk, I hate pranks in life because it takes the one thing we have between each other, which is trust and then just destroys it for a laugh. I hate, I get violent if you try to prank me because it's just pointless. Uh, and, and it's, I'm like Anakin, the end of it. Like, well, I can't now, I can't trust you at all ever going forward. So that's the big backfire here. But uh, Anakin, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't make the right choices going forward. Destiny's moved him to this point and he's like, nah, I'm still going to not trust. I'm not going to change yeah. myself. 
Yeah. So it's a great, uh, uh, intriguing, dysfunctional soup. <laughs> it is. <laughs> of, uh, of, of broken trust that Palpatine, you know, manipulates expertly. You know, he, that, that line where he says, it is possible they do not trust you to control your feelings. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which is true. They don't. Uh, uh, but then there, there's that kind of flip side to me where, uh, ironically, as uh, Reiko or Rocco Hardeen, Obi-Wan ha- is trying to gain the trust of all of these, you know, uh, this vile scum and villainy of Moralo Ival, Cad Bane, even Dooku, right? Of mm. uh, of trying to convince him that they can trust Hardeen in the sort of the bounty hunter version of trust. Um, some of the challenges in the box are about trust, right? That serum challenge is, you know, do you, do you trust the person who's going to turn off uh, the actual uh, rays, all that kind of thing. Uh, then Cad Blaine, Bane's ultimate plan is this comment on trust where he doesn't let anybody know what the big picture plan is. They only know their part. <laughs> so he doesn't trust any of them, but they all kind of have to trust him that their parts add up to it. So it, all of these ideas of trust made me think about just the idea of what what is trust. And I am actually curious to ask you in, in a real world way, for you, what is it? Is it is trust being predictable? Is it reliable? Is it like you know if you do X, your your friend will respond with Y? Uh, is it just uh, knowing that you can confide in somebody and they won't betray you? You know w- what is trust for you? It's 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 the ultimate leap of faith, right? And and over time results and um you know if 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 I keep uh, yeah if I tell you deep dark secrets and you know you don't uh, tweet them out. I can continue to trust, <laughs> but it all begins with that big giant leap of faith. Uh, and and uh, you could even approach it from a spiritual sense if you want, I guess. But yeah, that's where it all begins. And and I that's why I think going back to even like Kenobi and the Jedi. But you know, there was a little bit of it. I'm going to take a take that leap of faith that, that this is going to be an all all right thing to do with Anakin. But they didn't have the track record there. Uh, they had, uh, maybe, maybe should have known a little bit better. And, and we've all had those moments where trust, uh, trust is broken and, and you experience it and you, you hopefully learn and adapt and move on. That's how I approach it. Uh, I'm always going to extend the, uh, uh, we're always going to be in a trust tree until, until one of us is pushed out. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel it's a kind of trust when you, uh, don't necessarily agree with something a friend is going to do, but a situation comes up and you trust that they are going to respond the way you know they're going to. And it's not even a way you agree with. It's just like, but I know they're going to do that. Is that a form of trust to you? I, yeah, is it a, a form of trust or resignation? <laughs> <laughs> a form of just understanding? Understanding, yeah. Yeah. Understanding. No, knowing them, yeah. Uh, the other kind of trust question I wanted to ask you uh, based on this, because a lot of this is about plans. It's about being, being uh, m- one part of a larger whole. So there's kind of this trust versus clarity thing. So, if you were a part of a plan, let's say like maybe a show okay. and it, it's being put on by someone you truly trust, which would you prefer? Would you prefer the clarity of, of, of somebody going, okay, um, I need you to, at this point during the show, walk out on the stage uh, with a goat. <laughs> and they told you, don't worry about it. Trust me. You'll understand it when you do it. Or do you want that clarity of, let me tell you the whole big picture show. Let me give you the, the, total understanding of why you're walking out with a goat at that moment. 
I, I am the type that just says, all right, I'll, I'll meet you on stage with a goat. That's me. Right. Um, <laughs> um, I just need to give, give me the, give me what you need me to do or say, and I, I will do it. Uh, and, and hopefully I earn your continued trust in that regard. Um, I don't try to think of it. Your, your show example is great, but like for, for me, something like in, in, over in the movie trivia Shimano world, I'm not involved with it all the time, but when I show up to announce a match, I'm like, just give me the, give me the three things you need. I will do that until I fail to do it. And then either I'm not around or I'll need more information. And then I just kind of trust that everyone else is going to do what they need to do. And then along the way you come along and I'm not saying specific to, to like something like the, the, the Schmodown YouTube show we've, we've been on, but like along the way, someone will break that trust bond. And then I just know, and then I might know I need to pass on even more information or I might need to ask for more clarity, but I, I'd be okay. I'm not saying I trust Cad Bane in life, but I'd be okay. <laughs> All right. This is my part of the thing. I'm going to take care of my part. Okay, great. I function that, like that. That is very good. Uh, yeah, in general, I I prefer to be a clarity picture. I, a person, I like the big picture, but I think it's good to work on on trust and just going. Oh yeah, no, I don't need to know. But it works. Uh, the big like picture. I, I, if I trust you, I'm happy to go do my part. Yeah, your showdown example is great. Like if they ask me to like, hey, come do a live show and call this one match, I'd be like, great. I don't sure. Yeah you know, because I trust them and I don't need to know the rest of the big picture. Yeah. But I, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I also like, I love working with clarity people like yourself, you know, it's like, cool. Cause not that I, and I never want the burden of all clarity fall on other people, but it's like, I, if I feel you got the big picture, I will, I will hit the notes that I need to, you know, I always want to be aware of it, you know, four center sense. It's a, it's a small business, but you know what I mean? Like I, I work well with those and I, I, you know, and, and it's an extension of trust too. It's a big leap of faith for a clarity person, right? To be like, yeah, I'm going to give you this one bowl of spaghetti. You know when to eat it, right? <laughs> I'm going to trust <laughs> you to know to come on stage and eat that spaghetti. Uh, once again, food enters into a four center conversation, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, and, and I think, I don't know. I think Anakin is revealed himself to be a little bit of an angry clarity person. Not, not that clarity people aren't angry. And yeah. angry. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that's, that's the big thing to bring it, bring it back from uh, spaghetti and goat shows to star Wars. Yeah. Um, do you think Kenobi made a mistake? Should Kenobi have tried to trust Anakin and say, this is what I'm doing. I need you to, to play it this way and trust that Anakin could. Uh, hindsight, obviously being 2020 here. Yeah, he did make a mistake. And, and, but it, it's, and it's, um, I want to, I wish it's okay. You almost wish you, you could have spoken to Ahsoka and said, do you, do we think we should do, should we tell Anakin? Yeah, we're going to tell you because we think we can probably trust you better. You know, but she's the one that along the way has seen so many things of Anakin. She's given him so many sideways glances as he chokes people or in, including in this episode, right? Including in this episode. Um, and maybe I'm not saying it's a mistake that they didn't ask her, but you know, like that could have been part of it, but I also feel they know Anakin from, from a management point of view. I feel they, I feel they should know Anakin enough at this point to know that this wasn't the right move. Yeah. I kind of think ultimately that is the lesson of this is it's Yoda is right that Anakin can be uh, dangerous and unpredictable and he has a lot to, to deal with and he, he does still need to earn the trust of everybody around him, but that Kenobi, I think, uh, as much as I love him, I love him partially because he's flawed. And I think mm-hmm. for my personal value judgment, yeah, he needed to build that bond of Anakin and say, we are truly brothers. I trust you, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I need your help on this. Because, yeah, Ahsoka's, Ahsoka's just running around in the background, giving the, the uh, uh, odd uh, side eye. But mm-hmm. this has got to be in her list of, you know, worst hits of the Jedi, right, when she's deciding to step away. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Trust. And there's some more unintended consequences, right? So it's it's easier, easier for her trust to be broken. And she has great reason to have broken trust later on. (laughs) Uh, But frankly, it's in her face, not subtle about, eh, thanks, but no thanks. But um, yeah, along the way. Yeah. Any other big themes or ideas for you? Uh, yeah, a few, but I, I think now they reflect kind of this larger picture. But uh, yeah, there's uh, there was a lot at play in uh, these episodes. Yeah, I think the, the only other kind of big one for me is just this uh, the idea of death. Like there's violence in Star Wars always and in the Clone Wars in particular. But this one just, it, it, there's so many images that were just about death, right? We mm-hmm. got to see Obi-Wan's funeral we saw you know the morgan crematorium system in the in the prison mm-hmm. yeah uh, just like this real kind of basics of of dealing with you know bodies the whole idea of killing a jedi is this currency that's almost like comic that like mm-hmm. well if you kill him one on one close up that's worth like 10 respect points a sniper yeah <laughs> that's worth like five respect points but it's still about like the death of a jedi is like currency that these yeah. people can spend right um the you got to really question when we're watching these episodes some of the people that die w- would they have died regardless when Cad Bane and Morello all broke out or are some of people dying is mm. a byproduct of this you know mission where saving the chancellor is more important than anything you know mm, good question and then the box itself is just this great sur- survive or die escape room which you know is is very reminiscent now of a of squid game <laughs> right yeah uh, and then for me, I think it was it was really interesting that a lot of the episodes were just like we are surrounded by death, uh, literal images of it uh, and functions of it. And that made the Festival of Light such a contrast. Right. It's literally called the Festival of Light, right. celebration of unity and peace and explosions of uh, fireworks of light. It, it really drove it home for me. Yeah. The wonderful, intricate histories in those fireworks. Great stuff. Yeah. Beautiful. So, uh what are the uh, sort of big picture ideas in these episodes that reflect larger story, morality, perspective of Star Wars for you? Uh, for me, there's uh, this idea of uh, we talked a little bit about, about the action versus inaction, how that relates to the Jedi, how that relates to all of us. Anakin's view of it, uh, he views his rage as uh, some sort of justice, vengeance, the pursuit of it. And then all leads to kind of this idea of, um, you know, we almost got the word for word quotes uh, from Yoda to Luke on Dagobah. And now it's Yoda to Anakin and. And I, that all fall, falls into that the, the why of helping and the why of your action and asking, um, what are you trying to accomplish? Or, again, are you just trying to survive? Are you just trying to uh, actually overcome? Uh, and and, and that, by the way, that's what we talk a lot with like Last Jedi. There's lessons of hey, sometimes the victory is survival, and that I don't want to mm-hmm. confuse the two. I think I think what Holdo and everyone's going through in Last Jedi is more the noble overcome and looking for true solutions versus just. Um, throwing, uh, you know, troops against the wall to see if they survive this particular round. But I, it all falls into this, the why of helping. And Star Wars uh, wants you to take some sort of action. So it's appropriate that you ask uh, why and, and, yeah. and ask yourself that before you start. I think that's great. Cause yeah, there's those, mo- Anakin is wrestling with that difference between, uh, you know, justice and vengeance and, yeah. and, you know, it, it, a light Jedi uses a lightsaber and they cut people down, but there, it matters so much. Uh, the why is is it absolutely unavoidable defense you know mm-hmm. uh, therefore being being justice you could argue or is it like he, he explicitly says to who he believes to be Reiko Hardin like I want to kill you <laughs> yeah. but the man you killed would want you to go to prison and by the time he catches up with him on Nal Hutta that's out the window and he's yeah. just gonna kill him and, and lie to himself that it's justice right exactly 
Yeah, I, I think one of the big picture things for me is this comes up uh, uh, a lot in discussions of Anakin's, but Anakin, but this arc was really explicit that this uh, this arc could be called Anakin's two dads to me, <laughs> you know, uh, because we, we see how much that, you know, beside, despite his missteps, in my opinions, uh, Obi-Wan is, you know, this good mentor, right? That line where he says, if it was up to me, I'd kill you right here, but lucky for you, the man you murdered would rather see you rot in jail. Like, right. Obi-Wan is a good influence on Anakin who does love him and does want the best for him. And they are close, you know, uh, and then Palpatine is just encouraging him to, you know, follow his feelings. Nobody trusts you. Of course, your instinct to slash and burn is great. Go for it. And just the utter tragedy that in this uh, tale of two dads, in this episode, it really does appear that Obi-Wan is the one who is letting him down. And Palpatine is the one who's supporting him when, you know, that horrible irony that it really is the other way around. Yeah, there's this idea, this the power of truth, uh, which, you know, we talk about trusting the power of truth and then versus the selling of perceived truth and how you can just manipulate things. And uh, Palpatine is so damn good at that. And it, just to see him work his magic on uh, on Anakin all through this and, and then, on, you know, flip side, Yoda just kind, kind of saying nuts to this. That we've got to reveal the truth. This is all wrong. It's all wrong. Um, yeah, dangerous stuff. Palpatine knows, yeah. knows the game, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah. And uh, this section, I often talk about justice for the Jedi, where like they mm-hmm. make mistakes, but they're striving so hard to stay on the path. And uh, maybe this episode, it'll be justice for Yoda. <laughs> yeah, that's Because right. Yoda is the one who's like, yeah. But I think season four uh, has a general darkness to it, I think. But it, it's really getting into the missteps uh, of the Jedi for me. And particularly, you know, symbolized by Mace, where they're dabbling in lies and deception and darkness and really getting into a little bit of an, the ends justify the means philosophy mm-hmm. that, you know, Palpatine must live uh, because he is the symbol of the Republic, assumably uh, just with, without question, period, yeah. and not chasing down the whole truth and the pain of Anakin being the one who, <laughs> who shouts that when you, you know, that's on Yoda's mind, uh, but mm-hmm. he's not doing enough. Yeah, there's this idea to, to, to kind of wrap up my thoughts on it of just the, the Jedi saved the day, right? Oh, I shudder to think what we, where we'd be without the Jedi. <laughs> they saved the day, but they're still being duped by Sheev. They're, they were duped by Dooku, the whole distraction plan. Dooku watching them. It's just this, this uh, their strengths and weaknesses are, are on display simultaneously here. They they are the heroes. This is, there's a couple comments of, oh, <laughs> we're, we're, it's what we do. We're heroes. You know, it's our job description. <laughs> it's our speciality, as Kenobi loves to say. But but the overall picture is they're just so lost and not picking up on what's actually happened and, and happening. And Yoda's getting that sense. Mace is probably starting to get that sense because by Revenge of the Sith, he's got some pretty direct lines about it. But they're still uh, kind of on a losing end here, sadly. Yes, sadly, Mace does not yet sense a plot to destroy the Jedi, but maybe he should. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back to discuss some of the fun details in this great arc of the Clone Wars back in a moment. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. 
Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we are back to continue our discussion of the season four Clone Wars arc we're calling Deception of Kenobi. We always like to talk about the fun moments, the thrilling action moments. Uh, Ken, what were some favorite action moments for you in this uh, really kind of uh, thrill packed? I would say. Four yeah, episodes. Th- there was a, there was a lot, and uh, and um, I start with this one because sometimes when I'm just writing down my favorite action moments, I can go big and go deep. Other times, it's those little moments of yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I thought it was pretty cool that uh, Obi Wan takes a deep breath, knows he's going to step on out and take that hit, and he does, and it's a pretty wonderful. And it's just you know, it's a little bit of crazy braveness, uh, but I'll give Obi Wan credit for it. Uh, that was my first action moment as well. Just yeah. the, like the deep breath and just like, all right, shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so chill. And it's so just like, what, this is my job. Like I'd rather be having, you know, a drink with Dexter, but this is my job. Uh, yeah. And I imagine after all this, he does. Uh, but yeah, I talk about trust and, and all those big things about and 
Kenobi and duty over all else. I mean, that's, that's it, it in a nutshell. Deep breath. Let me stand in front of this blaster. Yep. And go flying off the roof and hopefully that'll work out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one for me after that is uh, it, it's partially what the actual combat is, but mostly it's just the, the reality of what it is of uh, Obi-Wan fights Boba Fett and Bosk in prison. If you told me that sentence, yeah. In the 80s, the early 90s, I would have lost my mind and I couldn't have imagined what it would have looked like. <laughs> right. And you probably would have been wrong with what you guessed. But oh, yeah. yeah, I would not have guessed that Obi-Wan's face had been turned into a bounty hunter and Boba Fett was a child yeah. uh, under Bosk's care. I would not have guessed those things, but man, it's just it. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and I do just like the way Obi-Wan fights. It, it happens a couple times in this arc where he is really fighting defensively and just trying to put somebody in a lock, right? Yeah. So they just can't move anymore. Yeah, I put that too, if Boba Fett creates the diversion. I know he was working for Cad Bane, like taking a little job here to create the diversion, but I just, it's just such, and we're about to spend a lot of time with Boba Fett, of just someone who's just like kind of both really unafraid, but also not afraid to throw his violence in front of you. <laughs> just a- yeah, no, it's so great. Yeah, I, I wonder if, uh, I, I doubt Boba Fett will reflect on this moment. Like, remember when I was in prison? <laughs> no, that's episode three of Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Let me go back to that fight. Rico Hardeen put me in that arm lock. <laughs> Ugh, still mad about that. Uh, what are some more action moments for you? In uh, in prison, we got a great HBO show that breaks out there. Uh, what I call uh, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Hardeen. And by the way, I've spent all my Star Wars fandom saying Rako Hardeen. In this episode, everyone says it differently. Rako, mm-hmm. Rako, Ruko, whatever. Hardeen. Obi-Wan Hardeen stabbing what I'm calling the shark to criminal like a tra- uh, transformer. Uh, <laughs> I, know it's, uh, it's our, I know it's our guy Rift there as a species. But um, stabbing him with that, that knife while he's eating. I mean, come on. That's some hard prison yard. Bleep. Yeah, no, yeah, he, he, I think it's a fork. I think he space fork. forks him. Space forks. Space forks. That's great. I just, yeah. I love it. Because well, yeah. Obi-Wan says at one point when he's, he's uh, talking to, to everyone back at the base where he's just like, ah, you know, this is, I'm having not, I'm having a little bit of fun being a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, and it really does seem like he is using humor to cope, right? I'm like, yeah. oh, that's kind of fun. I wouldn't normally do that. Yeah, uh, stabbing the carcaradon. There we go. Shark to criminal mm-hmm. might be easier for me to remember going forward, but should, you, know, it, you know, it's easier to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, jumping forward to the next episode, that that spaceship crap or crap. I said crap. The <laughs> spaceship crash. That spaceship crap. Uh, the spaceship crash on Nel Hutta mm-hmm. is. Yeah, it's great. Just with the all the you know mm-hmm. steamy vines in the atmosphere, and it's just like a a pretty as spaceship crashes go there's a lot of exploding parts uh yeah I, it's funny i noted that too uh, and, the, and the crash later on when the when ahsoka flying the, the 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 version of lady luck lando's uh, eu ship that same kind of design there um that was a good crash too so good crashing good job animators. yeah very very exciting uh then for me, I go to uh, the the big fight here, but with Anakin. Anakin's fight with uh, Cad Bane is great, but the the fight with uh, Obi Wan is Rico Rocco Hardeen, Man, just that moment where the blade just comes up and he's just gonna kill him is super powerful. But I think uh, the the coolest thing for me is just that um, that Obi Wan knows Anakin so well. You're so right to say that this is kind of a preview of Mustafar right. that that Anakin is dangerous right I mean he's he's powerful and he's pissed but 
but Obi-Wan can just see through his moves and and pin him and choke him relatively easily because he knows him that well. Yeah, yeah. Um, almost like um, Obi-Wan doesn't know it, but he's taking a bit of a dry run, too, of um, <laughs> how we can get through this. Because I think the Mustafa fight shows that, too. He's um, often on defensive, often on, on the verge of, of losing. But at the same time, I've always seen Obi-Wan in, in control of the Mustafa fight a little bit. Um, this yeah. Is, uh, this is kind of that, too. So if, the, if we're about to get the fight of the century rematch on the Kenobi series, this is kind of the this is the scrimmage before it all. Yeah, that's a great, uh, you know, uh, psychology of it, of like, who, who I uh, used to know him so well, who is he now? Yeah. Holy. For the rematch. Uh, what are some other action moments for you? Um, in the second episode, uh, when, when uh, well, there's two things with Cad Bane, um, and I'm a Cad Bane fan, a fan overall. Uh, I love him kind of using his toothpick as a weapon. We got Obi-Wan Hardin <laughs> using a fork, but he's using his toothpick <laughs> as a weapon with Pablo, which it has to be named after the Pablo from Star Wars, Lucasfilm, Hidalgo. Yeah. Um, lo- love threatening with a toothpick. And then when they're trying to get out of there, I it's uh, the, the, the hut fighters pursuing them. Underrated Kenner um, mini rig kind of design around those hut fighters. <laughs> and I really like that sequence. Yeah, no, there's some great canon stuff to just uh, see how the huts handle their planet there is absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, going forward to me in the box, there's a bunch of stuff that's cool in the box, but... Uh, the combination of uh, my favorite bounty hunter, one of my favorite ba- bounty hunters, Embo, and then super floppy uh, fungus <laughs> person, yes. Darrowin. Uh, but both Embo and Darrowin just doing these like cool, amazing, weird flips. That's eh, just some great uh, Star Wars animated action. Yeah, I wrote down Embo just flipping everywhere. Just flipping Embo, like yeah, I know. I want to see uh, the the Star Wars Olympics to see Embo yeah. just take home the gold. Yeah. Um. Wh- what else for you? I got a couple couple more. Uh, in that box, it, it, the box is um, yeah. It, you mentioned Squid Game. I know the mid nineties movie Cube and and many yes. other kind of weird horror uh, <laughs> horror thriller. You're all locked in here and get out type of things, and or just going to an escape room here in Burbank. Uh, Obi Wan versus the mini probe droids. I really like. He's got a lot of cool moves. Uh, Obi Wan Hardeen and uh, when uh, uh, our boy Morala Weevil puts those probes on him. I like that sequence. Yeah, that was really great. I really like towards the end of it when Obi Wan just starts doing just that's just uh, you could call that Jedi action, but that's just parkour. <laughs> you know, he starts just parkouring off the box walls and. That great moment where, like, you know that Obi-Wan needs to sell that he's this violent, ruthless bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you always also feel like it's it's uh, he's a little bit indulging himself when he is just punching the hell out of Moralo at the end there. It's, uh, yeah, he's, I was, I was, I was looking at it thinking, again, he's really kind of enjoying this. But uh, that's just me editorializing there. <laughs> I think he's taking out some anger. I think it's, you know, he's not perfect. It's You, you always uh, struggle to stay on the light side, and he was, uh, I think he's losing the light a little bit there as he was pounding him, but That's he doesn't fair. kill him, so. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, moving on for me, uh, we always like to note it because it is apparently the most uh, popular thing to happen in the Clone Wars. Anakin gets shocked again, twice. This arc, it's tentacles and Sith lightning. Like almost every other arc, it is some sort of organic creature or stick and mm-hmm. then also 
specifically Dooku. Dooku has electrocuted Anakin like 72 times. I'm so glad we 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 uh, we are in a chess match. We know each other's moves here. I trust you're going to hit this one too. Yeah, Anakin, I said, Anakin, stay with me here. Gets electrocuted twice at least uh, all the way through it. it. It's just it's just life. It is the force. It is destiny trying to get his attention and it's just not working. Yeah, I mean now, I mean that would be a really funny just master cut when uh, Vader is watching uh, Luke be hit by Sith lightning. If you just piece together every single time in any uh, storytelling, Anakin had been hit by any kind of electricity. Just with that swelling Star Wars music and just all these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great. Um, Final one for me is that, that fight between Anakin and Dooku. That's really up there mm-hmm. um, for me of just like y- you got all the, the normal lightsaber flair, but the amount that they're throwing at each other, that sort of a that gothic environment and a little bit of that kind of nice uh, palace. But it's, you know, what, what's mm-hmm. happening is so dark and so violent. And uh, the the two moments that I really love is uh, this is the fork arc, the, the mm-hmm. throwing the forks with the force and ending up in his uh, his mechanical arm. Uh, in building toward that moment where Anakin almost has him, right? Where he, mm-hmm. he's got his, his hand on Dooku's throat and he's choking, you know, he's going to end him and Palpatine's smiling. Oh, that's a great smile. Uh, yeah. I, I love that you highlight that because I think there may have, not now, but there may have been a time I wasn't actively thinking this, but just like, uh, you know, they fight and attack the clones and, and Sith. And I, I don't know that I don't need to see them fight anywhere else. And, and, they fight so many times versus the Clone Wars, and each time I think just kind of makes what I do end up seeing in Sith work even more for me. You know, where Sith is just the end of this journey. Uh, yeah. I love all the fights they have. I love the rivalry, and I love that it's there. Yeah, and, and in particular, like, this fight is so great because it is Anakin uh, releasing his anger, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and he wants, he, he's not trying to arrest him. He's not trying to survive. He's He wants him dead. He's trying to kill him, and yeah. he's close. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, any other action moments for you? Uh, two more kind of combined entry. You you mentioned a little bit of Irva. Uh, Dooku force throwing plates and knives and spoons and <laughs> sports, whatever he can find. Uh, I was laughing at that. Also in the, um, in uh, I think it's the first episode uh, when uh, the, the uh, officers there are um, being attacked. And this is when uh, Rekka Hardin won't pull the trigger on one and, and tells Cad Bane his, his blaster is out. And that whole sequence, one of them kind of fights for his life with toast uh, or space toast. He's just a weapon. <laughs> so I almost want to put this in comedy, but if someone dies here, so it's not hilarious. I just, I, 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 I like that kind of action. I won't go into too many details. I once, I may have used a uh, coffee as, as kind of a defensive weapon in a fight on a four, fourth level stairwell once in my life. And I get that. I get that. And I've been there. I just didn't have the force on my side. So uh, I was. Uh, you're, you're Jason Bourne. Yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta use what you got, I guess. Yeah, but because they highlight because he's eating the food, it looks like it looks like smokehouse garlic cheese toast, <laughs> and he's eating whatever it is. It could be shock r- slices, I don't know. But like then he then next you know he's like throwing it, and it's all and I was like laughing, and then and then later on, Dooku throws the the plates and everything. I was like, yeah, we got a theme here. This is a yeah, a fight with your food episode. I love it, love it. Mm. Uh, any, anything else is that it? No, that's it for action. Well, man, then let's move on to comedy, whimsy, and weirdness. I'm going to edit myself on the fly because I wrote down way too many things. <laughs> I, I, kudos to to the the screenwriter, Brent Friedman, because I, I kind of thought overall that this 
episode really had a lot of sharp and specific dialogue and that really added to uh, the comedy along with the directors i think putting yep. in you know a lot of great touches along the way but in particular i thought the script itself mm-hmm. uh, was really sharp what are some comedy moments for you uh i do like uh, obi-wan saying so how was my funeral it is kind of a fun little thing that is yeah no that yeah. that's uh phenomenal but all that kind of <laughs> leads to yoda going not a game this is obi-wan and i just loved like angry yoda like <laughs> stop joking around you sassy come on yeah, I love Yoda when he's like, I, we can joke when I feel like it, but then like, hey, hey, come on, let's get serious. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I feel bad putting this in whimsy and weirdness, but honestly, that that pained look on Obi-Wan's face in the uh, opening announcement, like we talked about in his slump posture, I mm. tried to take a, a screen grab of just that slump posture, because like, how many people feel like that in a meeting, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah every time. Oh, man, uh, that one, that one cracked me up. Um there's a, the drunk lady in the bar early on uh, who says, wow, I want to check his mini chlorine count. <laughs> okay. So I wrote that down and I was like, I'm not going to list it and see, I'm going to see if Joseph does because I watched that the first time and didn't hear it. Then I had headphones on the second time and it's like, it's in all your ears. You hear it like it's said in your room. It's, <laughs> it's such a funny line. I, and I totally missed it the first time around. So you heard it too. Great. I didn't imagine it. Nope, nope. I probably didn't hear it on my television, but I do when I watch it with the uh, with the old earbuds in. Oh, uh, a lot of a lot of great background stuff, but that one was yeah. <laughs> up yeah. there. Uh, there's so many great Obi Wan lines that I, I made a choice to not write down too many. But uh, when he is, uh, you know, going through this process, he's just had his head shaved. He's about to be painfully surgically altered, and uh, and Yoda is talking to him about like. Well, the chancellor doesn't just want to skip uh, the festival light. That that would be a sign of weakness. <laughs> Everyone says, "Sign of weakness." Wouldn't want that. <laughs> yeah, well, right. And that's deep. That's big. That's a big theme one, right? This thing of going on the weakness and 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 how uh, it's just silly to have that thought. I love that moment. That's great. Yeah, and it's also just that great reminder that like interpersonally, uh, Obi Wan's not a big fan of Sheev. Right. Obi Wan does not vote Sheev, right? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Uh, so this is really about like the, I don't respect the man. I respect the office. Yeah. So, okay. I'll, I'll go through this hell. Yeah. Yeah. Duty, uh, duty, duty above duty. all else, Obi-Wan. Uh, for me, the, the, uh, the line from Cad Bane, uh, when they land on Nell Hutta, Pablo's pawn shop has everything a bounty hunter needs and more. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that had to be written yeah. like uh cad bane is just the cutting a commercial for like like an old local station right like this is your family-owned mattress store level uh commercial slogan it is it is i love it and uh no actual proof anywhere that i could find that it is it is pablo Dago. it just but it just it just reads like that to me how could it not be i yeah. mean it's yeah the guy yeah. down the hall he's got all the things you need if you need some star wars things yeah, yeah. So what are some more for you? Well, in that sequence, uh, when, when you know, Cad Bane's uh, trying to find his, uh, get a hat, um, I love that he just says, uh, I don't like to stand out, says the bounty hunter that literally has always stood out anytime he's on screen. And, and they kind of call it out with the hat when he gets his hat back and everything. But like, it just, because he says it with such sincerity, I don't like to stand out. You, you literally do every time. Yeah. You have a incredibly recognizable silhouette. Yeah, the hat through line is great of um mm-hmm. of Bane needing a new one, that one being a priority. You know, Kenobi kind of mocking him for it, and then mm-hmm. later 
<laughs> when Ahsoka recognizes him from far away, he's like, oh, yeah, that's Cad Bane. You see the hat. Yeah. Yeah. Ahsoka says, yeah, who else wears a hat like that? Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's that through line where he brutally kills that uh, Thorian that is yes. a, the one of a, a pair of brothers. And then he has the line, what? It's a nice hat. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's funny it's a funny brutal through line but i also got to ask you do you feel like at the time this was a a uh dave filoni meta joke because at the time he he did he he liked his hat uh, he hasn't been wearing it lately uh, everyone evolves and changes uh but at the time he certainly wore that hat all the time did you feel like this was meta i i you know i did not stop to think of it in that i but i'm gonna side with uh your, your theory here on that i do think it was uh, him trying to defend the hat uh, and by the way, we should do an entire episode on where is Dave Filoni's cowboy hat. I think he's doing some mature. I think someone pulled him aside and said, you want to be taken seriously as a live action director? Don't dress like a cartoon character. Not that hats are bad, by the way. I own a cowboy hat. I don't wear it much because I'm not wrestling anymore. But I think it's fascinating. And yes, I think a little bit of Cad Bane is uh, reflecting the, the man in the hat. Yeah. Hat through line. Absolute winner. Um not intended as a comedy line, but it made me laugh. Is when uh, when Palpatine is is encouraging Anakin to follow his his feelings, and Anakin says, "You won't regret this." And Palpatine says, "No, I won't." <laughs> oh, there's a lot of unintentional Palpatine comedy. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, what are some more moments for you? Uh, I liked a little. It's just a little beat. It's not super funny, but Morello evolves saying when 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 Racco Hardin and Cad Bane when they're all trying to leave, and and Cad Bane's like, "You ain't coming." And I love that uh, Morales just goes, this is between you two, like, like working out, like, <laughs> like it's not going to go bad for all of you. Uh, I love that one. Um, Ahsoka, I took offense to this. Ahsoka says, if you want to find a low life, you start at the saloon. Hold on. <laughs> that is really the attitude. Uh, Star Wars loves its bars. And uh, in general, uh, we need to just see like a really happy, healthy bar sometimes, a saloon yes. where where people are just just good people are are enjoying themselves and kicking back. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you know, Soka. You can talk to Obi Wan later on. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe that's uh, maybe maybe Ahsoka influenced Obi Wan to have that strong of a bad opinion about Chalmans. Who knows? Oh, Who knows? Uh, I like Dooku's ongoing relationship with Kenobi. Uh, when he's asking, he's watching the box turn him and he's asking about Reiko Hardin and like, yeah, that guy killed the Jedi, uh, killed Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Duke says, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> and you, you can't tell if he's impressed or yeah. bummed that somebody else killed him or doesn't believe it. He's just kind of like, he seems mildly obsessed with Kenobi. Like he really yeah. does believe that Obi-Wan's got something because there's that great line toward the end as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's sassy pajama Dooku showing up there. Sassy pajama Dooku. Uh, yeah, what, what are what a few more for you? There is a, I, there's a great Cad Bane line of, does anyone know what this gas bag is saying? Now, kids, I don't recommend you <laughs> say, say stuff like that out in public, but Cad Bane, it's a reason he's kind of popular. He is a, he's, I wouldn't call him an anti-hero. He's just a villain, but but uh, I like a lot of that. So there's this little subplot of the Bith brothers selling uh, ships with just enough fuel to get to the other brother's <laughs> oh, yeah. gas station. And so when Anakin uncovers that, the Bith laughs in the most charming way, just like, I know, isn't it great? We're pulling up, pulling this over everyone here. I just thought it was great. Yeah. And that's just like a really fun detail that really like it, it, it <laughs> serves a plot function that to allow, you know, Anakin and Ahsoka to catch up. But it's just mm -hmm. so much flavor, right? Well, especially because, you know, you get big old tough, mean Cad Bane is like, 
you know, complaining about it. And Morales just like, why? Who would sell a ship with only enough fuel to get to this place? And and there's another bit there. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely great. Uh, I like in the box when Obi Wan is really trying to keep his his cover, but trying to kind of work together and keep everybody alive. And you know, he he reveals that he uh, knew that Parwans could uh, could handle the mm. poison. Yeah. Um, and Cad's getting suspicious, like, how do you know that? And he, he tries to be cool and goes, I used to kill Parwans for a living. And then Daron goes, Gah! <laughs> it's a great, <laughs> very funny. Very, very funny. Um, for me, getting toward the end, uh, I, I, <laughs> I really wanted to just clip out that uh, Mace Windu uh, just as, as a sound and use it places when he says uh, to uh, Obi-Wan as Reiko, everyone's a little tired of looking at that ugly face of yours. <laughs> <laughs> That's the closest that Mace gets to whimsy. And yeah. It doesn't sound at all whimsical. <laughs> no, no. It's like, are you joking or are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, w- w- what are more for you? Uh, there's um, a great ex- exchange between Ahsoka and Padme when uh, Anakin Stock get in Ahsoka says, he means saving the day. And Padme says, of course he does. These are the two people who maybe uh, outside of Obi-Wan know uh, Anakin the, the most. And I just kind of like that exchange. Uh, that was really yeah. sweet when, when, yeah, so much of this is, is Anakin being in a dangerous rage uh, that these two see the best in him. Do. And then the final one, I, you know, it's whimsy comedy, I, but it's also a question back to you. You are the uh, Embo expert around here. <laughs> so when they slip on into the uh, digital disguises, uh, uh, where does Embo's hat go? <laughs> Uh, I think it goes into a uh, maybe some sort of like a pocket dimension. Uh, you know, the way hyperspace is kind of another dimension. Does it go into a hat dimension? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know we always say here at Force Center that uh, Star Wars wants you to ask why, not how. So why does this hat disappear? Thematically, I want to know, but also how. I don't know. I think that holograph has to like work on some like emotional level. Like yeah. it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll we'll dive into the 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 holograph because it, it is a lot. It's a lot to accept when that big old hat goes bye bye. Yep, yep, yeah. Uh, final uh, ones for me. You mentioned it. I, I love uh, Obi Wan getting overly cocky and saying you know, we specialize in heroics, Chancellor. Mm. Um, fair enough. Obi Wan went through a lot and he thinks he saved the day, but uh, <laughs> getting a little cocky. Uh, and I'd like Dooku's line, I referenced it earlier, uh, when he says at the end, well done, Kenobi, you are a worthy adversary. Yeah. I cannot say the same about your young apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I've won, but I'm going to get a dig in Yeah, no, as I fly great. away. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on then, unless you have any more. No, no. But very funny uh, run of serious episodes. Yeah, so much going on. Uh, we're going to get into canon lore connections. There is kind of a lot in this episode, so uh, we'll try to move through. I wanted to talk just about uh, the funeral in that first episode of seeing a Jedi funeral at kind of at the temple, at the height of the order. Uh, there's no pyre. It's uh, this clearly it's a ceremony, but then the lowered into the floor and then that uh, yellow light springs up and mm. Satine is there. Uh, that shot of Ahsoka in Plo Koon really reminded me of, of it was framed and lit very similar to to Mace and Yoda at Qui-Gon's funeral. Right. There's kind of a lot going on there, and I, I wanted to get what, what your thoughts or reactions were. I mean, it is sad, and also I, I do want the deleted scene of Satine just slapping Obi-Wan across the face about two <laughs> weeks from now, and she's like, what? And I came, ah! 
but yeah, no, it actually is effective. And it made me think of just like how normal, not normal, but uh, you know, this is probably the routine of this here on, on Coruscant. Um, and maybe they give even high Republic. Can we see something like that in high Republic? Yeah. Yeah. The fact that they, you know, it is just day to day life, right? People, mm-hmm. Jedi fall, uh, that's sad, but they also pass away and, and, you know, do they have different rituals for it or is this a special one? Is it, I mean, he's a master. Is this for masters, you know? Yep. Yeah. So a lot going on there. It's great to see Satine and just the emotional punch of that. Um, let, let's get into technology. Uh, f- the facial transformation technology, uh, the vocal emulator, mm. uh, which, you know, you uh, swallow a bug, uh, and then the shadow hologram disguises. These are all really big technology swings, uh, leaning toward the sci fi. I think if they showed up in a film, uh, there would be many very strong opinions about these, uh, about them being world breaking, right? You know, like yeah. if the Holdo maneuver is world breaking, the idea that this technology exists and rebels spend most of their time just dressing up as stormtroopers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how how do you wrestle with all that? How do you feel about all that? I mean, to go to go back to like to just dive into the Holdo maneuver of it all and everything. Back then, and we we did a force center, but whether on air or off, I would always say like happily praise Dave Filoni and happily say you want him more involved, but don't think that he and, and his uh, folks on the Clone Wars didn't get away with a lot of things that they couldn't have live action. That's something I used to say all the time to the point of annoyance, I'm sure, at others. And this is an example of it. You're right. You swallow a, a voice spider, like, maybe you get away with that, but the other stuff, it, it, it would raise a lot of questions. And that's why I think back in the day, I think I, I think I got held up on it a little bit. Not the point where I didn't enjoy these episodes, but I just was like, I don't know about that. Especially even, even Obi-Wan's face changer thing. I'm like, I, I don't know how that works. Uh, nor do I want to know. It looks painful. Um, but I, <laughs> It's like you, you 3D print your own face. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That might be easier. But now I'm a little, I, I'm totally not even worried about it now because it just, it's, 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 it's Clone Wars does this. It, it is a big sweep into a different little uh, genre. And, 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 uh, you know, it's almost a post apocalyptic space weird stuff going on. I can't even comprehend. And I'm okay with it. I, I the, the stuff at the end with the, the digital uh, costumes, whatever you want to say. It, it it still work doesn't work for me as much, but it, again, not enough that I'm I'm questioning anything in the episode. It just a uh, little little too much. How pops up for me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There, there's the yeah. I think for me, just having all of it in this arc is that reminder that I think my opinion. You know, Lucas is still very much involved. This is the Lucas spirit. This is yep. Star Wars has a spirit of why not throw it in there? Eh, does it lean toward the? Uh, sci-fi are there other moments where where it makes you go well why why didn't somebody else use that technology yeah don't care yeah. uh it, that it feels like there is a spirit in star wars where um the idea and the spirit of it in the sense of fun in the sense of invention trumps being super super logical you know yeah um and, and for me uh i always hold that uh, hold that close and, and try not to get too upset about like, but if this person had this technology, why didn't this person? Um, yeah. So I, I first approach it that way. And then, you know, there is that part of star Wars where a million guides get written. Um, I ran out of time to look all these up on Wikipedia. So I don't even know what's all out there on these technologies. Uh, mm-hmm. I will freely admit. Um, but if you want to dig in and, and, you know, explain it for me, it makes sense that, these are maybe really expensive technologies, mm-hmm. <laughs> experimental, 
not available to everyone. You have to remember that you're you're dealing with uh, you know, Jedi with the probably the highest level of technology and resources, and you're dealing with uh, you know, uh, bounty hunters who are being bankrolled uh, by the count who <laughs> controls half the galaxy yeah. and is in bed with uh, all of the technology and finance companies, right? That for me, there is a logic that kind of flows to this is like, yeah, Han Solo could dream of finding or buying one of these things, you know? Right. Maybe, but they're not just lying around the galaxy. You know, I think it's just like a real world. Just because the technology exists doesn't mean everybody has access to it, right? You know? Yeah, I still Just because humans can go to the moon doesn't mean I can (laughs) hop in my rocket and take a trip, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Yeah, I don't have an Apple Watch yet. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, you know, there's there's a lot to it. One of my kind of headcanon answers is... um, and again, I know, I know. There's a little bit of a they needed it, uh, not as a plot device, but they needed it maybe for clarity for the audience of everyone's disguise. And it's kind of a twisty, flippity flop plot at the end, right? Where well, this one's Palpatine, this one's not a Palpatine. So this is a fun way to kind of keep us up to speed. So I, I have no problem with that in that regard. But in terms of my headcanon, I think maybe these, uh, like you said, experimental. Maybe somewhere along the way, someone's like, I could be crazy, but that person's costume just their outfit just disappeared. And I saw that they're and they're they're it's a, hey it's Embo, <laughs> like and maybe along the way someone's like it's not it's not a, a reliable uh, method of uh, disguise. That's my head cannon. Yeah, I think I was going to try to be like real technical on the head cannon on the hat to answer your question. Okay. Uh, maybe there's like a green screen element where it, it is not only projecting the image of uh, the security guard, it is projecting the the background that you'd expect to see. <laughs> behind their yeah. head yeah could work uh but and then i also just uh I, I choose to believe that uh this is glitchy technology and those glitches aren't just to show us you know who's really there that it's like they don't work right <laughs> yes exactly yes. they only work with a lot of confusion to cover you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh okay so moving on uh i, I like that uh, obi-wan's code name in the joint is ben uh did you like that or did that feel too on the nose for you no, no, I, I like it. Uh, you know, again, this is an era where you probably weren't expecting to get this kind of answer. And, and so I didn't have a, a negative opinion at all to that. It just kind of went like, oh, that's 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 cool that, that they got that. And doing a little research on it, I think they were uh, they were going to try to use that with Satine earlier on. Mm. And it just didn't work. Uh, Anna Gray's actually in the session said it's just not hitting uh, emotionally. So they scrapped that and it comes back up here. And I thought I thought it was good use of it. Yeah, no, I really liked it. Uh, I also like Mace uh, knocking out Reiko with a Jedi mind trick uh, because mm. it tracks for me that one could do that, and it's uh, got a little a little Kylo flair there. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, so a just kind of detail that it was a plot detail that intrigued me is that once uh, Hardeen and uh, Morello Evol and, and Cad Bane escape, uh, the Republic puts bounties on them. Right, yes. How did you feel about that? Like, on one hand, it's like, yeah, sure. You know, eh, you kind of think of like, you know, uh, yeah, bail bonds people or, you know, right. whatever. Like, eh, oh, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, but then you're like, wait, is the Republic like pain Dengar? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think it more, you know, in line with the, like you said, the people jump in bail and, and dog the bounty hunter suddenly has a place in Star Wars. But uh, it, 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 you, you, the way bounty hunters are treated, viewed, and often celebrated as they are in Star Wars, they are the villains of the galaxy. It's a it's a complicated profession. We've heard, 
I, I saw right. this a little, uh, like oddly, no, like some state sponsored violence. <laughs> you know, like it was like it was a little weird moment in a good, in a good way. It was it, it? It was different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, you can get into guild stuff and all that, and maybe yeah. there's some people who are like, you know, Cad Bane is not approved. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, we we reject his request for payments. Um, but uh, uh, there's also this fun feeling of like, yeah, maybe this is one of the ways that the Republic is kind of slipping. Yeah, that too. Uh, there's that great shot on the saloon on El Hutt of drunk size snoodles. Yeah. <laughs> Leave yeah. insane. Where are we going next? I love you guys. Uh, did you like seeing drunk size snoodles? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I, yeah. Um, those episodes we already covered uh, weren't my favorite, uh, watching the show years ago. They're, they're still low on my list, but, uh, I do love Psy and, uh, a little party size, pretty fun. No oh, party side was very fun. Uh, you mentioned this line, but I want to be sure to touch on it in our Canon section. Uh, when Yoda, is talking to Anakin, uh, giving him the truth about Obi-Wan and says, you know, if you leave, help him, you could, uh, but his future, uncertain it is. This, of course, has just like huge amount of rhythms, uh, 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 Star Wars poetry to what uh, Yoda tells Luke about going after Han and Leia. How did you feel about that? I love the use of it here. I love uh, what it means, uh, you know, for Luke's path and his lesson. And it's also a reminder of like his father before him, he was uh, potentially on a similar path and, and depending on the choices he, he makes and he makes the right choices and learns some of these lessons, sometimes the hard way. Um, so even though this is all after the fact, when you lay it all down on the on the storyline there, uh, I, I think it's really effective and, and, and interesting to me. Yeah, I, I think it's really, really effective, too, because then it, for me, I, I think of Yoda like knowing he's using almost the same words uh, that he used with his father when he's talking to Luke of just like, this is what I was afraid of, uh, Obi-Wan, you know, that he has this, this uh, attachment, the same way his father did that can lead to these reckless uh, choices. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I I like it. It's, it's, it's not a, it's not lazy Yoda. It's like truth Yoda. Like I know, I know what I'm saying. Luke, trust me. I know what I'm saying. Yeah. And it, it, I think he has the same like core argument too of like the future is always in motion and we have to be sure that we are acting out of a uh, really verified legitimate concern. And we can't be allowing ourselves to just become afraid of what could happen and react to the fear of what might be. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's big. Which is explicit in what he says to both Luke and Anakin. So I thought that was great. Uh, just a couple more things here. Uh, the Festival of Light. It's another Star Wars holiday. That's great. 847 years ago, Naboo joined the Republic. At one point, we hear kind of in the background, Palpatine say, it wasn't long ago. This was all plasma mines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love the Festival of Light. That's one of the things that I remembered because I think uh, I just uh, like this idea of, yeah, there's got to be, with all these different worlds, millions of holidays. How did you feel about the Festival of Light? I loved it and, and had had fun kind of going through some of the trivia of it uh, that they have on StarWars.com of the story of Naboo, uh, the ship that crashed, and uh, these uh, some groups going to the hills. Like, there was a lot of fun stuff in there, and I love that every planet would have this. Uh, made, me, made me think of the Aki Aki Festival, the Ancestors, another good party in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm going to do that deep dive. Uh, that, that's I really enjoyed it, and it, you know, it's contrast to the darkness. Yeah, uh, we talked about our CO Bibble sighting. Uh, love that poor Obi Wan is back on Theed. I'm sure he's got some memories there. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing I wrote down, we don't have to go through it all, but I just wanted to ask you about it because it's such a kind of different beat for Star Wars. In the box episode, uh, Count Dooku does this bounty hunter roll call 
like it is the beginning of a sporting tournament, right? <laughs> How did you feel about that? Did you like that or was it like too, yeah. too anything for you? No, I actually really did like it, uh, especially the second time around. I was kind of laughing at it and it's help, helpful to uh, see the characters. Um, and then one of them, again, I always go through the trivia galleries. I'm not like this wealth of uh, Star Wars knowledge. Um, the 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 uh, the is specifically designed to pay homage to Kira Knightley and her character in Pirates of the Caribbean. It's most kind of <laughs> random. So uh, Kira Swan is the name of the bounty hunter in the in the episode, and and uh, her, the thing he says that he wins something. It's the Obsidian. It's essentially the Black Pearl, which is the ship. Ah, uh, the Obsidian Sphere. There you Two go. Two time winner of the Obsidian Sphere. <laughs> So I love that. I just it's so bonkers, and it's so. Anyways, that whole sequence I ended up kind of kind of loving because it was wonderfully cheesy to me. Yeah, I mean, we, we uh, want to keep the episode within uh, our normal length, uh, mm-hmm. but I wrote the whole thing down because I was like, I wanted to talk about every one because yeah. <laughs> they're so funny. They just they sound like press releases, and it's so great. The the two that I do want to point out is uh, Twazi, your acrobatics once earned you praise from Chancellor Valorum. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> like everybody else, he's calling the exterminator. You're second to no one. You never bring anyone back alive. And like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the chancellor applauded for you once is a weird one. And then uh, uh, the Snibian Sinrich, inventor of the holographic disguise matrix. And I, mm. uh, I thought that was interesting, uh, possibly setting up yeah. uh, what we see in the next episode. Oh, totally. All right. Any other canon things for you as we uh, head toward the end? No, it was it was a, it was a that was a great list. And there's a lot there. Yeah. So was there anything in this episode or this arc that you disliked or questioned? Uh, look, I'll really, other than the tech, and I'm not harping on it, it, just, it, it was a hold up back then. It's not a hold up now, but it's there. And it's, it, but I think now I'm at a point where just like, now I do love the fun of where the hell Zembo's hat versus, you know, at one point going, that didn't work. Uh, and so it, it pops up again while watching these episodes. Just, uh, But um, I'm, I'm so past that, these are great, four great episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the only thing that I wrote down is it, it, it amused me. And I, it was one of those lines of like, I don't know if this is supposed to amuse me, but it did. So much of these episodes are so sharply written. And then there's one point where Cad Bane says, over my dead corpse. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> a little redundant in your uh, in your threatening tone, Cad Bane. Yeah. Uh, the, a small, small nitpick. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on? Uh, no, no, um, um, no, absolutely not. Um, other than I want more praise for those hut fighters. Oh, those hut fighters are great. Only thing that I want to uh, shout out is, uh, Stephen Stanton, who of course does many, many, uh, great voices. Uh, this, that he does Morallo Evol and that voice is great. It is mm-hmm. so creepy and insidious and, and different. Uh, I just think that that voice in particular, uh, he's mm. done a million amazing ones, but that yeah. one's a real triumph for me. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So many celebrated voices in in his catalog of indeed, but uh, no, it's a great voice and a great character. The design, the hunch, the kind of the whole the look of it. It's a little like Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's for Spider Man, but yeah, yeah. And you can understand how people would focus on like yeah, Tarkin, Raddus, uh, yep. you know, Obi Wan in, in Rebels. Uh, all the great things that Stephen Stanton has done, but that particular voice just matches that character perfectly, and I love it. So we always like to end with a fun question about toys ken if you could have a figure or really any merch uh based on this arc who or what do you want there's uh two things i need i do need a cad bane with an indiana jones hat because at one point of course he picks up uh, indy's hat um so (laughs) give me that and then i would like um the floby haircut droid 
that uh, <laughs> shaves uh, Obi-Wan's face and, and head. I want that one. That would really uh, save everyone a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, there are two things I want. Uh, I really like collecting Obi-Wan Kenobi figures. The weirder, the better. I desperately need a three and three quarter Obi-Wan Kenobi three pack. That is a normal Obi-Wan with chest wound. Then entirely bald Obi-Wan. Mm. And then Obi-Wan is a uh, Reiko Hardeen. That is a good, that's a powerful three pack. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe someday. Yeah. <laughs> Cross my fingers for a HasLab. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> uh, Daron, uh, it just, I love just how floppy and weird that character is. And the more I, I watched him spin and flop and just flail around, I thought, I, I want a little toy of him that you can like stick in your car window and it can just jiggle around while you drive. Oh, yeah, just put it on the dashboard there. Just, yeah. St- oh, let's do that. Flop around, bounty hunter. Flop around, Darwin, known only as the exterminator. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up is uh, season four, episode nineteen, massacre. Season four, episode twenty, bounty. Get into some dark and thrilling Asajj Ventress content. Uh, Ken, what should the moral of this episode of our podcast be? If you should find your podcast in some sort of box, say trouble with transitioning podcast hosting sites, work to get a true solution, not just survive until the next day. <laughs> the nobles shall overcome any technical difficulties. That is a great moral. Do you want to let people know where they can find us? Yes, we are the Four Center Podcast feed. We can be followed on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. You can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Four Center. And you can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. A podcast available, a lot of different spots, all the regular spots. If uh, we're on a spot, uh, we're not on a spot. Just let us know. We'll try to get there. Uh, and, of course, you can support us directly at patreon.com slash center. And you can follow me at Ken Napsock or go to my website, catnapsock.com. Joseph. Excellent. Uh, you can follow me on all the social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And for all of my other comedy adventures, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for entirely hairless on his head, Obi-Wan Kenobi, this has been the Clone Wars Report. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.